you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of January 30th, 2021. This is episode 162. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So this week's poll, I wanted to find out what people were thinking about the new street signs in Walt Disney World. They're replacing the signs that have been there since at least the 90s, and now putting up something to go along with more of the 50th anniversary flair and kind of the new direction of things. Plus, you need to update them to include the Star Cruiser and so many other changes of names and directions. So, again, what do you think of the new Walt Disney World street signs? Either you love them, looks okay, could be worse, or really don't like them. And again, like last week, got a quite the broad amount of answers. So 12% of you really didn't like them. 25% said it could be worse. 25% also said they looked okay. So kind of a, an even split there. But 37% of you said you love them. And uh, so we got, again, quite the range no real strong answer either way so everyone's kind of in this flux zone about uh about them we shall see they may grow on us they may not either way they are there and um we must embrace them because they're not going away anytime soon and on that bombshell we'll be back after these messages from our friends and sponsors Hey guys, Ralph for Alt Universe here. Are you into uh, nerdy things like Pokemon, Marvel, and Disney? You've come to the right spot. We have videos, we have games, we have contests. We just do all sorts of fun. Whether it's going live during the week or posting about an article about a new movie coming out, we do everything we can to keep you in the know and have some fun. Oh, and we have swag too. So come on, we're everywhere social media can be found and we want you to become part of our family. Stay nerdy. And now, on with the show. If one movie company has taught us anything, it is that almost everything they touch to touch turns to gold. You could say it is marvelous. Haha. Ha. Um, Marvel Cinematic Universe is known for just knock them out of the park, movie after movie after movie after movie. It, their worst movies would be any other studi- studio's favorite movie to have. Which is what surprised me. When, after a long delay, the movie was supposed to come out in 2020, we finally get The Eternals to theaters for a little bit in November and then to Disney+. Plus. I wanted to go see it in the theaters 
I couldn't get around to seeing it in the theaters at the time. Just wasn't ready. I did see it finally on Disney+. And I'll get to my thoughts on that in a moment. But someone who, who else who is wise, who has a commanding force in the universe, and might have been born out of a planet. I have asked him to come to the show. Isaac, welcome back. Um, well, I was born on planet Earth. I'm pretty sure of that. Not too sure. Um, but thank you for having me back on the show, Matt. I appreciate that. Maybe I should that. have said that. May, may or not be an android without knowing it. Yeah, that that's true. That that is true. That is true. Who who are we? What are we? Anyway, um, uh, yeah, welcome back. I uh, think you back onto the show. I'm very happy to be here. I hope everybody loves me back on the show. Uh, everybody loves you back on the show. Uh, okay, man, you just say that to be nice. But yeah, no, it's all, I, I totally can show you the ratings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be back, man. So let's talk a bit of internals, man, and tell me what you thought about it. I, I will, I will. I, I wanted to bring up a few things um, mm-hmm. beforehand. Uh, swinging back around to Marvel, um, we are also one year out from the debut of the first Disney Plus limited series, which was WandaVision. Was oh, we really? Ended up being WandaVision, yep. It's been wow. one year, and um, I still say we're a few months away from getting a better uh, sense of where this show is is going to be leading the MCU. But if we saw, if anybody saw the end of, uh, decided to stick around for the credits of Spider-Man No Way From Home, or has gone online and now see the the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we see Wanda Maximoff's character, coming back and continuing basically picking up from where this series ended off where she's in that um, area. I don't know what the best way to explain remote mountainous area. I think that's probably the next mountain over for him where we left uh, Bruce Banner at the end of the incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so we, we haven't gotten much out of it. I, I don't feel it's we've still seen the, the payoff from this series yet. But how do you think now we have one, two, three, what, four other series to compare to? How do you think it it falls amongst those other series? You don't have to give me a ranking. Just in general, you think it's one of the higher ones, somewhere in the middle, bottom? Uh, you know... Yeah, it is kind of funny that you bring back up WandaVision around this time. It, it, it feels like only, what, a year ago? Like, what, literally a year ago since then, we've now had, like you said, almost like three other Marvel shows uh, released at that time period. And, you know, it's where you compare, where, where you put WandaVision. I don't know, man. It's it it was the one to kick it off it, it, it it's interesting because it it, it, it i i don't know if if you're going to go base now you know i'll i'll do a ranking if 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 going to sit here and go against like one's favorites i would have to put it probably as number 3 on the list 
I would uh, probably three or four of the last one on the list because again, I'm I'm still big Captain America. You know, Captain America, yeah. Winter Soldier is my number one. Um, Loki, uh, surprisingly, is really number two in terms of that. It's really shocked about that, how deep uh, Loki would have been. Uh, number three, I was going to bring Hawkeye into it. And then number four, we kind of just go to WandaVision. And I think because of that, it's just WandaVision is still, I think, out of the three, um, one of the more slower, uh, slower um, ep- uh, series before it really got going at the end, you know, with everything that kind of happened, um, you know, it was, it kind of, it, it, that being said, what WandaVision did uh, in terms of being kind of the temple, the one to kick everything off, it really showed off the quality of what Disney plus shows were going to bring to the set. Because I think that was the number one big thing that we're all excited about. We were going to get movie quality in 45-minute programming. Like, they were not going to waste any of the budget. They were go, the same stuff you were, you were getting in the movies, you were going to get on television. And WandaVision brought that in spades. Uh, especially with its season finale, with that big fight scene between with uh, with Vision battling against himself, the Vision battle, and then uh, Wanda battling against Agatha Heartless, uh, I thought was just that was that was uh, that was epic. I think that was completely yeah. epic. And 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 on top of that, it also. It also put in really fun Easter eggs, like you said, um, a little bit of the of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The, you know, it gave a little bit of a glimpse of that, of what to expect from that. So that was really exciting, as well as uh, what's the possibility of what we could see for Vision moving forward, and when what what's his game and what's his angle on top of that. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, overall. Again, I think it's still one of the solo shows, but you have to respect it because it really said, okay, this is this is the standard of the DC shows that we're gonna DC plus shows under the Kevin Feige banner uh, that we're gonna be bringing to our audience. So to that, you, you gotta love what Wanda brought, and and the fact that we finally got to see uh, um, Wanda Maximoff in. Uh, in in her, her her Scarlet Witch costume was just badass in general. Yeah, that was a great it, costume. That it was, was just great costume design, beautiful costume design. Just awesome, especially at the end when it turned into that cloak and when she flew away with the cloak. I thought that was that was killer. Uh, yeah, I liked her more in that was just the cloak than her little um, her little Brown. crown. A little crown thing, but nah, that that was totally dope. And again, it introduced cooler. It brought back uh, favorite characters as well as introducing a new superhero character in a uh, Rambo um, that we're gonna hopefully see in the Captain Marvel in the what the Marvels? I think they call the Marvels. The Marvels yeah, Captain Marvel yeah. to the Marvels. Yeah. So so yeah. So yeah, it introduced some cool characters. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, she'll be coming back. I mean, we got the introduction to. Wanda's twins that you know you get to know them and they they took them away which was which was uh, painful was it Wickham and uh I forgot the speed demon one uh yeah I, I don't remember the names off the, the complete top of my head but 
yeah, they uh, uh, they were in there, and uh, the first class, um, or the the yeah, the Fox version of Quicksilver. Yep. So you had you had those to um, those in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quicksilver. Really? Yeah, yeah. The Fox version of Quicksilver was a really cool introduction, which uh, um, which kind of that w- which was kind of the moment where it's like, oh, is this the moment where are are the X wait are the X Men characters going to be canon now? Is that is that where we're going with? Is that how we're going to introduce the X Men? Unfortunately, it was a big swerve at the end. Really wasn't though, but it left the door open for possibilities that now that Disney had the rights back. So it left things open for us that we could have sat down and play it with though. But um one yeah, thing but alas, I, I'm going to give to WandaVision's credit. As much as people maybe hated it for it. But in hindsight, I I, I have to give them credit for um for doing it. Mm-hmm. It kept le- misleading everybody. Like everyone kept on jumping to these big conclusions. Like you said, when they when they, they brought in uh, yeah. Quicksilver, <laughs> oh here comes me, yeah. and and this is gonna, and this is how, and, and, and the next week they completely tore that apart. And yeah. everyone, oh Miss Fiso, hey, look, you, if you you rearrange all the letters and the pictures in the background, they were everyone was so dead set. Mephisto was going to be the back and Mephisto. that was it that was, yeah. there was no other possibility no. and I think they played with it enough even though it was done with the production and everything they had to have a feeling this was going to happen but they played with it enough to drive everyone crazy yeah yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, when, when they did introduce that version of Quicksilver, which, let's be honest, um, between the two Quicksilvers, the Foss one was everybody's favorite. And that was the biggest hope, because I came with that realiz- realization, too. It was like, oh, man, oh, dude, this is how we're going to get the X-Men, right? This is how we're going to, this is, this is, this is it. This is how we're going to get the X-Men, because they're going to blend, the, they're going to merge the universes together, and this would be it, and this is how we get the music. And then, like you said, it was the big swerve. Um, and again, everything with the Mephisto one was also big too, because everybody, I, 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 you know, I think I threw my theories on Mephisto and Probably. who it could be. Could, go back. Yeah, was it was it the was it the bunny rabbit? Oh, yes. it was the, was it the mailman? The mailman just seems to be in every episode. Oh, was it uh, was it the. Uh, uh, who was the uh, woman who ran um, the blonde woman that ran uh, the um, uh, the West, or was the Westview the Westview the Westview residents who basically ran the uh, the the magic show event? Uh, she was big. Everybody kind of thought, okay, maybe she's the one running running the show. So, um, but uh, but at last, yeah, Claudia, yeah, there you go. But alas, it was uh, it was Agatha throughout the the whole time with uh, with that great bop, um, <laughs> <laughs> Agatha <laughs> Long Bop, which basically I think I think at a point like what, took over like iTunes for a little bit. It was yes. like very catchy. It, yeah, the, the, it was, and I and I loved how they they worked the theme that it was just four notes. Mm-hmm. And they they worked in such a way, but they also 
it was the same notes that were in all the opening themes. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, there was this whole beautiful master plan and how everything panned out. And once they had that reveal, there was no refuting it. It it, it just, everything pieced together so well. Wait, wait, uh, okay, you got me. I, I, I want to ask you a question. When yeah. when it was revealed that it was Agatha all along, uh, were you disappointed that it wasn't Mephisto? No, because I feel like some people were like disappointed that it wasn't Mephisto. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> like I said, people they they you know in their basement walls they they had the the pictures with the the string and the webs putting everything together and figuring it out. And you know the fact that they were wrong. Yeah. It it just they they couldn't concept that you know this show that they did not write they did not produce they were not on set for. They tried to guess it they guessed wrong and how dare the show make yeah. them wrong. <laughs> um, I, I mean, was I thrilled that was Agatha Harkness? I'm like, eh. I, I a character that I, I honestly did not know beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but it played out. I think it played out well. I think she, she was a good, um, vice against Wanda and just how mm-hmm. everything played out. Um, the backstory that they gave for her, I think was, was nice. Um, does she deserve her own series? I mean, the actress did a phenomenal, phenomenal job with it, which is why I I understand why they're bringing her back. I just don't know where we're going to go with a limited series, but in Marvel, we trust and Feige, we trust, as I always say. So yeah, the house of Feige, the house of Feige. Yeah. uh, uh, Has it, um, hasn't had a lot of house of F. Yeah. Uh, the house of F hasn't had a lot of clinkers. However, maybe the one we might be talking about soon, but (laughs) that might be up for debate. But yeah, I think in terms of everything that's going on at the moment, um, yeah, I think this feels like they've done a real, like I said, they've done a fantastic job with some of the series. Um, And I think there was even a, a certain time that we were, a little concerned that some of the series may have been better than than said movie that was released uh, for um, for Black Widow. We were talking about how some of the television Disney Plus shows were better than a theoretical release like Black Widow, though. But um, but it you know it it seems like now Disney has it seems like Disney now has course corrected where now. You know, you could still have the big moments will still be on the on the silver screen, as proven with Spider-Man and the uh, Spider-Man, uh, the last uh, No Way Home um, um, film, and you're still going to get great moments on the low on, on on the smaller screen. It's it's the best of both worlds that Disney Plus has offered. Oh, indeed, indeed. I, I mean, Hawkeye wasn't anything earth-shattering, but I I enjoyed pretty much every moment of that yeah um just to really get to kind of sit down and learn more about his character 
uh, Jeremy Renner's character and the um, Kate Bishop character and just kind of slowly get to take in instead of getting forced in like the the two two and a half hour mark having to take everything in just you know each week getting a little bit here and a little bit there and here a little bit here yes and you know getting that theme song the save our city um you know which rogers the musical will be coming not to a theater near you soon (laughs) um it, it, it just but you get to enjoy the characters more. And again, and I've always said this about, I've said this about Marvel. One of the things I think that stands out about them is the character moments. Like besides you take oh, separate from the action, separate from the, the, the fighting and the, the big moments and chasing after taking those moments where um, one of my favorite X-Men comics is it was right after the Executioner's song series. And the mm-hmm. entire comic book was pretty much the X-Men outside of the mansion on a full day playing football. Um, Jubilee was talking to Professor X about everything that he went through and just kind of chatting with him. No real action. No real. There was no bad guy. No, no, no real anything. It was just character moments. And just mm-hmm. the, the all these characters just went through this big battle. And here they are just kind of blowing off steam, having fun together and just relaxing. It, 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 it was just a beautiful, just a beautiful, um, beautiful story. No, oh, I agree. And I think another note to what's great about a lot of these shows is um, was going weekly programming versus the binge watching approaches. You you get to enjoy it with your friends and you get to theorize, do water cooler talk and you know talk about it with your friends or in the internet and have those moments like Mephisto, like you said, going back to WandaVision where everybody is scheming and thinking because it was the first episode of lineup that we all come with with these great theories and everybody's passing the theories. It's it's really what makes these shows great is the ability to talk about it in these forums and Facebook and social media and these chat rooms and even on these podcasts because that it brings up and to see it and then to come back next Wednesday to see were we close, were we right, were we cold, were we hot on a lot of our theories and stuff like that. And sometimes we'll be like, yes, I was right. And then, like you said, there will be moments where I did not see them pulling that off. So, yeah, I think um, – when it was Disney having that well of Marvel, uh, just to, just the entire Marvel universe's comments to just uh, drive and to pick and to um, th- and to play around with, yeah, you you get to have fun with those moments yeah. uh, with with the fans and stuff like that, and I think that's good. It's um, I I personally like the the weekly format. And I know some people enjoy, you know, getting everything at once and just going straight through. And I I like getting each week to be able to digest what I saw, talk to people about it. Maybe, you know, the, oh, you know hearing different re- podcast reviews of each episode and go, oh, wait, I missed that. Oh, OK, I didn't realize that. Oh, you know, I did see that. No, they're wrong. I, I, I saw it this way. Um not that they're wrong, but you know, my perception of it was completely different. And being able to just have that community 
um, building on the community, which again they're doing, um, which are doing well, uh, which they're doing well, and they're doing with the Star Wars. One other thing I wanted to bring up, I saw that just came to Disney Plus, which I was actually surprised because it was over on ESPN Plus, but I threw it on today anyway. Um, was the Book of Manning? Um, it's a it's a cool little um, one episode um, about the the Manning family about Archie, and then it's got a lot of family uh, home video of Cooper and Peyton beating each other up in the front yard, throwing football to each other. Um, you get into the moment of when Cooper found out about his spinal stenosis, um, and he starts kind of you, you see him getting choked up about it. Um, but it's just it's a fun little you know with the Super Bowl now two weeks away um something fun to get into the football spirit and uh something enjoy to enjoy the whole family could watch and enjoy it especially if you you like American football <laughs> that being said also on Disney plus finally watched Eternals I know you saw it a while ago I just got to see it recently and um so I know you've been biting at the bit to want to talk about it. So let's sit down like men and discuss Marvel's lowest IMDb Rotten Tomato um, Tomato Meter reviewed movie. <laughs> oh man, listen, listen, what's Internals? Okay, like I'm not gonna sit here and say that Internals was a completely bad film. I think there were some great ideas. I think it was a different take of film um, that Marvel wanted to try. You know, was the start of them heading into Phase Four because you could argue right now that every it's been very successful but it's been at the moment you can almost argue that everything's kind of rudimentary it's basically where they have a pattern they have a routine um even though some of the movies have been fun you can almost sense that there's a certain rhythm and a pattern picking up to that can almost make it i want to say make it stale but it can almost make it too predictable right now Mm -hmm. in terms of marvel so when you look at when you when you see a movie like internals i kind of do respect the fact that it is a film that uh is a lot more different in terms of marvel standard flair and how things would be approached it doesn't really have that same uh rhythm that you would get from a marvel film um um like you said from anything else so that i will give respect to that that uh the uh, the director uh which was chloe zhao really kind of brought her own unique flair to it and you know feige allows these directors to kind of hey you got to fit within the marvel universe but still be able to kind of express your style storytelling um that being said uh there were moments where it did feel uh, I think the biggest problem with Eternals is that you are introducing brand new characters right off the bat. You know, these are brand new characters that we have to understand, that we have to uh, get to know. 
Um, and you felt like certain characters, we never really had that opportunity to, to kind of flare or shine. I feel like everybody was in the, the forefront. There wasn't enough, there wasn't enough B care. Everybody kind of needs to be like an A character, even though there was a lot of characters that were, we didn't get to know a lot of, but there were maybe too many big characters. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like you have, you have heavy hitters like Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek, Rich Madden and KK. You have those big names that are like, they're going to be in the front. Well, primarily the, the uh, yeah. Hayek and um, Angelina uh, Angelina you know. Jolie, thank you. That, you know, really big Hollywood names that Marvel's been shy, was in general, you could say Marvel shies away from. Yeah. Uh, no, you giving spend- them Especially like, a, like Angelina Jolie, like that's a, but then again, she's also been under their payroll for a long time. Was you know she did the, uh, she did did uh, she played the uh, witch in uh, Snow and uh, was it not Snow White? Oh, wait, uh, uh, Melissa. Uh, uh, Melissa, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she's been under the payroll for a while. So they they so that yeah, wasn't really the big two, deal. Two Maleficent's with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The um. Well, that Marvel and Disney, um, you know, they have different ways of casting things. So for Disney yeah. to cast her, that is as much of a surprise as uh, I, I, I feel Marvel, uh, Marvel is. Mm-hmm. Um, heads up for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, we will be getting into spoilers. Um, but you know, at this point, the movie came out in November. It is January. I, I think you know it's yeah, relatively it's safe at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I was surprised, though, you had the two heavy hitters like that in how little they were actually in the movie. Yeah. That they they were more... Uh, Selma Psychic. Hayek's character was, was a key component, but had very little screen time. Yeah. Uh, where Angelina Jolie's character wasn't... wasn't a really a, a big, big character. She was, a, mm-hmm. she was a cool character. But she wasn't, like one of the main main characters but i do think that they gave her a lot of breath with that character and i I think she she pulled it off well she she um and and let me get into i guess i'll get into it now that this is one of the things that i found was very nice about this movie like you said it's it's a very different take on a marvel movie it doesn't follow what you know the the running joke is that the bad guy is the good guy, but the bad, you know, the bad version of them. You know, same power, same everything, this and that. Um, like, you know, Ant-Man, you know, the um, yellow jacket. You know, oh, he also shrinks and uh, does everything that Ant-Man does, except he's the bad guy version of it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that in this, uh, mostly. I mean, you, you had the um, deviants. Not to get mixed up with the deviants from Loki, but these deviants um, that eventually learned to start absorbing the powers of the Eternals that they had defeated. Yeah. But that's like after the fact. It it wasn't like, you know, at the same time that they had the same power as the person that they were facing. Yeah. Um, And the deviants in the end were kind of uh, a secondary story. They were, they, they, um, they, they, they were. They they served the purpose for um, 
for the to help move the story along, they were a MacGuffin. Really, were, that's what they yeah, were. They were, they, they yeah. were a MacGuffin. They 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 served a purpose to move the story along, but they didn't serve. They weren't a direct purpose of the story. They weren't the main thread of the story. That was a big issue about that. No, yeah. In, yeah, but I I do like that that little twist, and I I liked how you had this team. Some parts you got to know a lot better than the other one. Unfortunately, I think they overcasted it. I understand why they did it, but I still feel they brought too many characters into it, which is what bogged and slowed the story down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the conflict, you, you know, it's it, it was the opposite of like the Avengers. Yeah. The Avengers, everyone banded together. Let's put our differences aside for the greater good. Here you have, no, I still think differently. And everyone kind of went their whole different direction, however they felt. The team did not band together. The team ripped itself apart. Yeah. Which um, I, I thought that was a nice, it's not something you see too much in a superhero movie. Yeah, I, I I guess I think where my issue it comes to a lot of the characters were not. Um, I just think we didn't really get a, a really great time to understand everybody's. We we get it though, but we, again, you never really had an opportunity to really see what characters do you enjoy. If there's one character that I think that I enjoyed the most um, was Kingo, played by Kumal. Uh, Kumal played. Uh, uh, I'm pronouncing his name. You know, King the Bollywood guy, the Bollywood guy. Yeah, uh, played by Kamal Najeri. I, I may, I, I probably butcher his name, but he was a fantastic character. Um, you don't see him. Be, he disappears at the third act of that of of that uh, of the film. Another front character that I enjoyed the most was uh, Don Lee's character of Gilgamesh. He uh, basically died. Uh, he was a fun him. character. He's he's dead throughout. He he dies in the, almost at the top of the second act of that. So, I you know it just seemed like they they, they took away some of the least the, the the characters I would love to see more of a better relationship and interaction with, and they kind of kept the characters who were very slow. Um, another issue too that which I would probably bring back in terms of introducing a new slew of superheroes but still were able to pull it off was the first guardians of the galaxy uh, i mean the remember like nobody knew nothing about guardians and mm-hmm. within a couple of maybe within 20 or 30 minutes they were able to introduce a new slew of superheroes and you got their understanding just like that their goals together why they're all together completely on a different spectrum but again being in that family dynamic coming together as a family to be able to accomplish an ultimate goal and they were able to pull it off quite swimmingly here i felt like they kind of struggled getting to that point like there were moments we got to bring the family together but the family is against each other at the final end of the third act and the third act just kind of got really messy like you said the deviants were thrown in there it just felt the deviants were just kind of there they really weren't necessary to even be within the film if what was going to happen was going to be able to turn um but it it, it just felt like it was to mislead you from um the figuring action. out who the who the 
the, the problem child was was which um, like, i mean i guess can, i mean if we're, if we're talking about spoilers i mean i guess we can tell yeah. about who it, it's it's icarus it's it's richard madden's character like basically he's he's basically the superman of the here which again they also taught the 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 which is also funny that they brought up um superman in in a, in a disney movie as a as a as a running gag well, not that, just Superman. They brought up Batman as well. Oh, he's your Alfred. Yeah, they they brought up a lot of DC references too, which is, um, which if you're like a Marvel person, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of odd. But like, you know, but whatever it, it is, what it is though. Um, but yeah, it, it it felt like it was just that another issue too. Um, that I think that bothered me about with the film was the the actual plot of Celestials themselves. And how that ties into the overall arc of the MCU because it just, I just felt like dealing with a celestial, in my opinion, felt like you're like in terms of, uh, code. Like I guess if we're gonna go in terms of like a code red Marvel threat, I feel like a celestial being born from the Earth's core would be a level five mega event that would involve more than just the internals, you know? You feel like, okay, you know what? Hey, Avengers, what are you guys doing? You may want to come and help us out here in that situation, so... Well, yeah, as much as Kit Harrington gave them grief about where were you during Thanos? Yeah. You know, where was the Avengers during the... The only thing I can... I, the only way I can... I can justify the Avengers not being there is at the speed that this was happening. No one knew this was going to be happening, and then all of a sudden, you know, in, in the, off the Indian Ocean, um, this starts this starts yeah. going down. So by the time the Avengers would get there, um, and being that's after Thanos, what's left of the Avengers? We we don't have an Avengers at this time. Yeah, I understand that we don't have this, yeah. uh, and I agree. But I feel like they could have held that. Someone in, shows up. I, I I feel like if you were going to do the internals, I feel like the internals could have been a movie maybe later down the road, where okay maybe the Avengers are kind of established, and then the internals finally make their kind of grand appearance into the world, where now the deviants are starting to pop back up again, and now okay, um, in order to stop the successful threat, we need the help of the Avengers, and then we can introduce themselves, and I feel like that would have been a bigger way to introduce the internals through the avengers in that way then kind of giving the eternals their own film and introducing them through that like the eternals could have been it's the, a later half film but with the avengers kind of thrown into it you know um to help kind of stop the celestial like threat um but uh, yeah it, it just it, it at the end of the day to me it felt like a um, I, I was mentioned it, like it, it felt like the way that this movie was shot and the way that the threat that was a celestial coming out of uh, Earth, it to me it felt like this could have been an, a, it felt like this should have been shot in a multiverse, like it could have been shot like in a different yeah. Earth, separate yeah. from everything else, because like like you said, how does this tie in with, because like right everything. now in terms of what the MCU is dealing with. It, on 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 Loki, you, you gotta worry. 
Kong the Conqueror is coming around the corner, and this guy is going to be the ruler of all time on one end, and then you have Doctor Strange that has to deal with the multiverse. <laughs> like, you're dealing with a lot of big cosmic threats. You're dealing with multiverses and, and a, a Time Master, and now we have to fit in a, a celestial in the middle of all of it. It just felt... It just felt way too. It just so many big moments are happening within the MCU right now. It's just like right now we can't deal with that. Right well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That being said, I keep in perspective that this movie actually was slated to come out two years ago. Okay, understandable. Be- before any of that happened, before the multiverse, before Loki, before all that. I got it. This movie was kind came out two years ago. That being said, as well, <laughs> how come no one's noticed a giant hand and head sitting in the middle of the Indian Ocean? Yeah, I don't. It's just it, like why is that not making? You would think that would make more headline news, especially especially in now earlier series now, because like you said, if if Eternals is totally coming out, the will will actually. He, I'll I'll ask another question. Where does Eternals fit within the MCU timeline? That's it. Which is saying now, but now, now is still what three, four years ahead from where we are chronologically. Like, because at the end of Endgame, weren't we in twenty twenty five, two thousand twenty five? Yes. We're still uh, only in 2022. Mm-hmm. Us. So. Eternals happens now being after Thanos. So in three or four years from now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, which is the same thing as Hawkeye. Same thing as Spider-Man Away no From. So all these movies are still taking place in our 616 universe um, future. Yes. I mean, someone's really got to get a flow chart and, you know, a, a line, you know, bar graph for something to, to put all this in perspective. Yeah, um, no. Yeah. It, it takes place. I, I guess it, like you said, it, it, it takes place after, after end game. It does after end game. But, Which is it also brings me to the question: How did Kit Harrington's character know about Thanos? Because I thought everyone just, you know, thought there was a blip in that. No one yeah. understands exactly what happened. Uh, that that it that that it, that actually is a a good point. How how does how does Kit Harrington know about Thanos? I mean, he, everyone seems to be like accepting he of shouldn't the superheroes really and, know about that unless. There's some again, you know, they 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 mentioned something in Kate Harrington's bloodline that you know, but even then, that really shouldn't have been able to be able that to even sense that. Lane, nothing, yeah, and, and that's a minor uh, nitpicking detail. Mm-hmm. But as we were discussing before, we both Game of Thrones fans. The fact that you had uh, Kit Harrington and um, and what's his name, Stark uh, Brothers. Yep, Stark you, you Brothers. Have Richard Mann, uh, both talking about Cersei, uh, <laughs> I thought in fighting over Cersei, um, I thought was quite uh, quite comical. It wouldn't have been hard for them to remember that name. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, but it, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out where it is. Like I said, it's, it's, it's it, apparently it's okay. So from what I'm reading from on a website, they're saying that it's, it, it actually happens. It's actually based on Chronicle. It's set. It's actually supposed to be set two years. Uh, happened in summer of 2024 in in the in the timeline of MCU. From mm-hmm. what I'm reading, they're saying it's supposed to be set in 2024, so two years before it's become it's set around what they're saying. It's set around the the same time as Spider-Man: Far From Home. Okay, which would make sense on the eight months following after events of Endgame. Yeah. Um, around the original planned idea of when this movie was going to get released. Correct. So that actually makes perfect sense. Um, if However, you go, still, yeah. if that's the case, and Spider-Man should they should have mentioned it somewhere on the bleep on on, on the news that that there's a, there's thumb sticking out of the Indian Ocean. Like that would I said you would feel like that would be one of the leading news topics that you would well I guess not because everybody's learning that Peter Parker was Spider Man that you that would be the second leading news topic I think people would want to talk about after learning in the New York area that Peter Parker is Spider Man <laughs> you, you, you know? think. You um, think that's kind of a big deal then again you are now living after living in a world where you were bleeped. And now that superheroes exist, I guess that's like, eh, it's whatever. It's not a, yeah. Maybe Who now everybody's a superhero so nowadays. Who cares about this? Yeah, after WandaVision, what happened? What happened in New Jersey was was the situation WandaVision, and then literally three weeks after Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, I guess at this point it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Tuesday Thursday. at this point. Um, you know. On Disney Plus, they do have the Marvel Cinematic Universe in timeline order. Oh, okay. Listed. Okay, so um, what, how's it go? Now, it does not include. Now, this is only the films that are available on Disney Plus. So, um, at this time, they say That's that for a reason. It does not include any of the Spider Man movies. Um, but we do. And uh, we don't have Incredible Hulk on here either yet. Um, which doesn't play into this but it does include the the series so you have after endgame so after the events of endgame comes loki makes perfect sense because endgame kicks off uh, loki kicks off right from endgame then comes the what if series Mm -hmm. because that again that makes sense because that's splitting into the multiverse which multiverse then wandavision oh really so it goes one okay which again kind of makes sense because the end of loki is the end also of WandaVision. Both of those yeah. are congruent. At the same time. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're concluded at the same time. Then in three. the southern United States, you get Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's three weeks after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which then after those events, at some point, comes Shang-Chi. Okay. Then Eternals. And then Hawkeye happens afterwards. And then where does Spider-Man fit? And then Spider-Man would have had to fit after Eternals then. Um, 
yeah, Spider Man, no way. Spider Man, and then Hawkeye. Then it goes, because... yeah. Then it goes, then it goes right into Hawkeye because right. just, by that, by the the timeline. Okay. Okay. Still, no mention of hand. In, in either either Spider Man or well, Hawkeye. <laughs> in, in all fairness, Hawkeye also didn't mention a giant shield being put on the Statue of Liberty. That's so. No, they did. No, they did. They did. They did, they did mention it. Yes. Yes. Okay. They I, could, did. I didn't Rene- remember. Uh, Elena, remember that he called, she came and was like, "Oh yeah, they changed all oh, they did change the Statue of Liberty. I can't wait to look at this new Statue of Liberty. Do updates on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. They say okay. they did. Say say they I, mentioned I that, that yeah, but, but no hands. No hands in the Indian Ocean. So. Well, they, again, they filled this, you know, three years ago. They they forgot yeah. about that minor detail. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, they could come off with a quick write off of it. <laughs> oh, but it dissolved. Yeah. yeah, but I think that was my issue with the yeah the Eternals is just a lot of the characters. It just ah man, it you didn't get a chance to really enjoy a lot of those characters the way I I felt like they could have done better with and um yeah it just it feels really it just feels like a movie that really feels out of place in terms of the mcu proper but at this time uh, at this time yeah we uh, were just talking about so does wandavision yeah yeah but the only again the reason why wandavision fits because wandavision has a she was an avenger and she has a tie with it's characters that we already understand it's already characters are already established yeah yeah so that doesn't really feel off kilter like most like right now internals again internals is a brand new property thrown right in our face it was no ties with anything at the moment i think that's one of the bigger issues um that being said i do feel like down the road when they do have their you know eventual big team up you know with all these characters again once avengers when avengers 4 eventually gets uh, settled um this will probably end up being one, probably one of the more important films in Phase Four in I terms of what is introduced, what's being introduced, introduced. But as right now, it doesn't feel like a great movie. It, it doesn't feel like a really good movie right now in terms of MCU. No, and I completely can understand that. I can understand that it kind of feels like an empty movie at the moment. Yeah. In some ways, like Iron Man too, mm-hmm. um, but I think the long-term payoff is there because. And someone asked me, "What was the point of the movie?" I said, it, it, "It's the long game on this movie because you introduce the um, the Celestials. Why is that important? Because you have a big bad Celestial who wants to eat planets that a certain first family of Marvel fights against." So you have that whole setup because we know the Fantastic Four is coming. No. So why introduce the inter- the Celestials then when you can introduce them now and establish them a little better? So yeah. we we just got a whole movie setting up the Celestials that obviously don't like people, um, and really don't like the planet Earth because, well, we killed one of their babies or you know, something like that. We don't have to worry about that now. We The, the Celestials are now established. So when we get to Fantastic Four, we're not going to be wasting time on, okay, who are the Celestials? So 
we got that covered. We have um, the introduction of Thanos' brother and yeah. uh, Firefox Would, and Puck. Which I want to, you know, quick question. Uh, isn't Thanos a deviant? In, in the comic books, he's 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 a deviant deviant in the comic books, right? Is he? I, that, it, I'm pretty sure. Um, hold on. That you bring that up, Thanos. T. Ah, Thanos. Thor girl. <laughs> cool. Hello, Thor girl. Thanos. Thanos yeah. is a titan of the uh, of immense power. He once met death and, uh, perceiving it in a yeah. female form, became obsessed with winning her love, even if it meant destroying the universe to impress her. Thanos has been stopped and even killed, but will always return stronger and more deadlier than ever. He formed the cult, uh, formed the cult Obsidian, and came close to conquering the Earth before the Avengers and their allies, including Thanos' son, Thane, Managed to stop him. Thanos wants change gauntlet. Uh, occupation conqueror. Obviously. Um, Thanos has superhuman power, strength, endurance, and reflexes. He's almost invulnerable and can project energy blast from his hand and mind. Ooh, there's something we didn't have. Star Fox, Warlock, Captain Marvel. Um, it doesn't mention anything well it doesn't you know anything in this book and i'm looking at marvel's avengers the ultimate character guide for what i'm reading they're saying that thanos is an internal he's an internal on that okay they say he's an internal um what, what i mean that's always a possibility he says, I think he's an eternal, they say like an eternal deviant and something like, it's a, like he's a, the combination of both, but. Which, which we find out in the movie, they basically are the same thing. Yeah. An internal deviant. Oh, speaking um, of what Marvel's doing in terms of comic book, I'll tell you afterwards, but it's just like, it's weird, but anyway. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, it says an internal deviant. Yeah, it says an internal slash deviant war, warlord. So, this is out. This is from the Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen. This could also totally be wrong. That's what I'm picking the information off. Yeah, at least I got a. I got a. a you have the source. book. You have the actual cited source. Yes. So, um, but that I said. So take that with a grain of salt. But, 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 but my my point was what I was trying to say is. If he actually was a true eternal deviant, then it would have given every reason for the Eternals to step into to that final battle in Endgame. Because again, this was a dude that was destroying the Earth to begin was was basically going to wipe out half of the population. So in in, in retrospect, the Celestials needed enough humans, enough life life forms to populate the earth so that way they could use that life source from humans to birth the celestial not taking care of thanos would have that, took away half point, of the people you know at that point the only one who knew that to be um a consideration was some hayek's character the but they like 
if that logic, then they would have stopped World War II as well. Yeah. And they didn't because they didn't get involved in those things. Yeah. Well, uh, he, well, he, here's what I'd say. It, it, like, which is weird. It, we're talking in terms of, in terms of MCU. Uh, you know, I think the genocide uh, of certain people in, in World War II, um, I, I think doesn't, doesn't trump the fact that a, a mad Titan alien with basically a God kind of was able to snap half of the universe away and half of the population away. If you were to compare that in terms of world war two, where mm. a, a granted big population, but in terms of a fraction, well, I just meant the, the earth. not even just the, um, the genocide, but just the, the amount of death. Yes worldwide death that was involved between the, the war the bombings the genocide etc cetera, etc cetera. um which again i think they again like you said the internals just didn't take the eternals couldn't assist in however they were able to assist in the forms of technology where they were allowed them to advance to i like that little bit crazier what shit. is this it's a steam engine it you know converts the pressure and this and that da, da, da. yeah <laughs> they're not ready for that all right here it's a plow because that's what it does it plows yeah i liked his character too I, I, I his character that. was enjoyable yeah i i would agree with that which again i i i do like that little nod that there was this guy that helped plant the seeds of knowledge for them to help to with invent, technology and to help them advance, but then he even sat down and noticed that why are we giving humans these kind of advancements so they can do this to their own society, to their own people? It's, it's treacherous, you know. Um, I think my favorite one of my favorite lines from the movie um, is at the end, whenever he comes back to his house. And his he's with his husband and the son, mm. and his son goes, "You were fighting the bad guy." No, I we didn't fight him. We sat down, we talked it out like regular people, and he understood the wrongs that he was doing and left. <laughs> and everyone else is like, "No, we fought them and we kicked their butt." No, no, we didn't. We didn't fight. <laughs> yeah. Try to try to okay. I'm not the superhero anymore. I am the he's parent not teaching one. that we didn't we do not use violence to solve problems. Yeah, he was clearly the non-violent one. Although, for although at the end of that that battle was Icarus, he really was not a big fan of Icarus. At the end of the day, like it's no. like fa- it and went from was family to being a, him. Yeah, it it went from family to being disgruntled employee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's see, and that's where I'm saying that why I enjoyed this movie is because you had so much of that, you know, yeah, like the, it, the character that you liked. He said, I don't agree to any of this. I, I, I'm just going to stay out of it because I, I think you're all nuts. Yeah. And, you know, so he just walks away. Um, you have Icarus who said, no, we should let this thing destroy the planet. And was fighting for you know this thing needs to destroy the planet. I, I I again I didn't have a problem with it. It just felt again um, the pacing of that film 
not really having enough understanding of all the characters and where they all came from leading to that point just felt very like, oh, well, it it, it kind of felt like, well, we kind of have to rush into the third final scene. And even when it did get to that point, like you said, it removed certain, all those uh, characters that I personally enjoyed already removed from half of that film to mm-hmm. get to that level. So it just felt like it just kind of felt like a mash of everything. We kind of just have to kind of wrap up the script, which, again, maybe just kind of goes to maybe the director of Chloe Zhao and for not her, not really. I understand this wasn't doing superhero big action movies, not really her strong suit in and, terms of being able to kind of create a decent pattern that goes from beginning to end. And you really saw yeah. that in the third act of that film. And I was going to bring that up. Is that the story? Is that the director? Is it a combination of both? Mm-hmm. That that's you know kind of the shortcomings of the movie. Who do you, 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 like? I said, maybe it's the you know falls a little bit on the director because not necessarily understanding how these movies should be paced mm. um, or typically are paced and. I, I, I apologize. I am not that familiar with her, her book of work. So I couldn't tell you what her styles are. I mean, I'm looking at the, what she's done, and Nomadland is the only one I've heard of. Yeah, No Man um, Man was, uh, was, was very big. But it was, a, from my understanding, a slower-paced movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the writer, I haven't heard of. Uh, the song songs my brother taught me. Not familiar with that one. The writer, uh, uh, Atlas of Mountains Daughters. Um, yeah, Phantom she, Daughters. She, yeah. she she has a she's oh. she's known to doing a lot of these uh, really more personal, um, deeper movies where you kind of are with this one particular character and you kind of go through this journey, her interest thoughts, going through these adventures. Like if you see, like I said, if you don't see like no man, man, like it was no man land. Um, you really get to, you're, you're with this one character that goes through this incredible journey while in a big scope, Marvel movie, again, again, dealing with the, the pretty big name power of some of these actors. Um, I just felt like she's, she doesn't have, she, she really, I feel like struggled to try to figure out where everybody kind of fit in, in this dynamic of trying to give everybody the proper limelight, but to mm-hmm. feel like important and, and give you enough time that you understand where everybody's coming from. Um, and, uh, again, like I said, going through the first two movies, like, again, uh, again, go, like you, I feel like you didn't even were introduced. You, you, you were only introduced through half of that team until this, until the later end of that, third half of that film like you still didn't like i think we're almost that we're almost at the third act and you they didn't really introduce a ton of all the characters yet so we really didn't even get everybody together in, in, in certain in certain moments um 
until we went into the third act where where betrayal where the betrayal happens and everybody's making the decision of should the earth live or should it die or should we save it and stuff like that. So it was a really over it was just a wackily paced over the it was the movie was paced around a lot and um you know using the I understand using the um uh, their time in Babylon, their time back in time, trying to really use that as a story movie to tell you like why they were here and push it, but it it just felt very convoluted as a film, I think, in terms of stuff like that. So, um, again, I'll, I'll probably might end up trying to watch it again to see me you know, would have a probably different opinion, but in terms of how I watched it, it it did feel like there were moments that were a little bit all over the place. But again, it's not a movie. I don't think it was a, a totally bad movie, but you could see that uh, the director, uh, this isn't really her foray of films, in, no. in my in, in my opinion. And in, in how you that want to face it, a horrible job. You could just tell that it was just kind of a, a, a weird matchup. Uh, like one of the characters, um, Makari. Yes. Um, who was actually played by a deaf actress, um, which I, I thought was kind of brilliant. You kind of. You you she's there and she's not there and you know she kind of disappears for a while and then shows back yeah. up. Yeah, and she third was act. she was a pretty cool character, but but you don't see it to the third a, act. Yeah, Again. kind of a um, definitely more of a secondary character. Um, Sprite was kind of the weird one that was kind of bouncing around mm-hmm. throughout it. Um, though I I do like the resolve at the end that they gave that character mm-hmm. to help understand why now she, all of a sudden she's allowed to age yeah, because obviously a well, teenage yeah, actress yeah. she comes she's back she's gonna have a growth birth <laughs> she's gonna have a growth birth. three thousand years you didn't have a growth spurt and now you do what what happened mm-hmm. um you know we so we as i was gonna say you know we we set up the celestials i was also gonna mention we bring in Star Fox, um who to what you were just saying uh, Eros was born on Titan, one of Saturn moons. He was a famous mythical character on Earth. Where is it? Um, it mentions here that Star Fox is an uh, Eros young mentor, ruler of a group of Eternals living on Titan. Um, unlike his older brother Thanos, who was um, obsessed with death, Eros was. First joined uh, joined the Avengers. Um, the original Wasp suggested that he use the name Star Fox uh, because it sounded more her- heroic than Eros. So, um, so you get him, you get Puck, you introduce the Black Knight, more or less. Which I th- the fact that now that Kit Harington was selected as the character of Black Knight, I think that's just brilliant. Yeah, um, got a little typecasting, but I think again. I think brilliant because he's just he's he does so well with that kind of roles, and then you hear Mahershal Ali's voice That's at the funny. very end there as well, um, bringing in Blade. Yeah. So you have a lot of things that will come from this movie in the fullness of time. Yeah. Um. So and that's kind of the down part of it that. I think in some ways we're lucky that we got this movie two years later than we were supposed to. Because this is two years less that we're going to have to wait for any kind of payoffs. 
um, yeah. where you know we're going to be dragged along. And not saying that there isn't going to be a lot of other stuff happening. We're just not going to get the just like Loki. All right, we know Kane the Conqueror is coming in Ant Man the Wasp, Quantumania, Bugaloo in another year. Yeah. And Loki came out in the middle of last year, so that's going to be 18 to 24 months. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's... You, we're we're going to have a lot of it. Um, something I was, I, I was reading about this movie that I do want to give credit to, uh, to Chloe Zhao about is that she used a lot more practical effects than special effects and green screen. I they know. were on location at all those places. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that just, they did help to the beauty of the cinematography of this movie. Um, yeah. I, I do like that. I agree. Um, I guess all in all though, then what would you out of 10, 10 being the highest, what would you give this movie? Oh man, I I would I will throw it back dead in the middle as a five, a five okay. out of ten. It, again, it um, this is this is kind of a Chloe's first uh, foray into the superhero genre, and it it comes with from very mixed results in terms of how to direct, how to pace, how to direct the characters moving forward, how to present how to do an ensemble uh an ensemble movie if if they wanted to bring her in i don't think maybe this was the best her the best choice to bring her to handle ensemble characters Mm -hmm. because you really do need to find a director that can handle that kind of balance and act like um like a james gunn for or 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 the Russo brothers and how they were able to do it for both uh, Civil War and the the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame movies. There is a there is an art of balance in multiple characters, mm-hmm. and I just don't think her movie style really focuses on on her single characters and going through their journeys and stuff like that. If they were to do that, I think maybe we'd have gotten a better out look than we did with internals and i think this is a movie that struggled was trying to balance in too many actors and trying to get in the screen time and not know what to do with them no who i was wondering who <clears throat> they might have missed out on that might have been able to helm this a little better penny jenkins really you think so no never mind <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Now thinking back of some of the the, the effects and everything, no. Um, visually, I did not have a problem. It was just it really did come visually down to. Visually was fine. Huh? No, I agree. Visually wasn't as bad as everybody was trying to make it out to do. I thought the visuals were fun. I thought no, I I, I thought everything. You know, you had the the uh, hanging gardens of Babylon, and then the the jungles, and the um, inside the ship, and um. The outer space scenes, I think, all were just visually right. Mm-hmm. Um, every, everything. Um, the one thing I thought was uh, something that I thought it was funny before I get into the uh, my rating. 
in, in this was in that first the first opening scene when you first see the internals battling a deviant and i couldn't get through my head that these guys are weak you know every time they're, they're hitting these deviants with all their powers and everything they got and the deviants just kept going <laughs> it, yeah. it took a lot for these guys to defeat one of those things mm-hmm. yeah and, and it took all of them to take one down so i was like wow they're you know your Bollywood guy, and he's shooting these things with it from his hands, and it's really, it's just kind of barely facing the deviants. Mm. You know, Icarus is blasting with his eye bla- lasers and punching the the thing, and again, it's it's stunning him a little bit, but it's not really taking him down. Um, so I I thought that was like, wow, they're not they're strong, but they're not strong. Um, I, I did have a little problem that, okay, you see, uh, Gemma's character, um, Cersei at the beginning, um, in first time in modern times, seeing the, the knife that she gave the little cave boy, um, and oh, you know, there's a unfounded, uh, you know, thing. And I, I was expecting something more to come out of that being that she's taking a picture of it and just kind of her. Her shock that oh oh they found this, and yeah that that's it the thing disappears from the storyline what altogether. <laughs> so, uh, but in the the end, um, I enjoyed it. I did watch it again. I I watched some of it again today, yeah. and um, I still enjoyed it. Good. Now I didn't sit through the whole thing. Maybe that maybe that would have turned it around. I did have to shovel out the driveway from 18 inches of snow. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I, I'm a very liberal seven on that. Um, maybe I'm a little high on it. But strangely enough, if you average out your rating and my rating is a 6.5, which is exactly what it is on IMDb. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So right there on average. Um, but, but I think we both agree that this this movie probably will do better in the long run. Whenever I think so. Yeah. Kind of have more of a payoff. Yeah, I think once uh, the Phase 4 MCU really starts to kind of pick up steam and we really kind of see how things plan out, you know, because eventually they're going to have to reference the Eternals again in some form or fashion. Absolutely. And and it yeah, ho- hopefully when we come back to it, say ten years from now, that movie makes better sense. Yeah, um, I, I think that's going to be one of the unfortunate things that we have to wait. How long we don't know. Yeah. For the payoff. Um. And uh, yeah, that's. I'm kind of unhappy with how it ended in that way because it's like, okay, oh, we're going to go fly off into space and then they get captured and that's kind of like a weird way to end it. Half the team gets captured, half the team is flying off into space and it's just, you couldn't just left the, you know, the one, half the group going flying off into space. They meet uh, Star Fox, whatever his name is, Starfire and... Um, yeah, Star Fox, Star Fox, yeah. yeah. And Pip. Yep, and then leave it at that. It's a. It was a weird way to call and 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 in the film. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, 
It is what it is. It is. It is what it is. And uh, we, we shall see. Um, again, keeping in mind, this game will have come out in 2020. Do you know what the movie that was would have been right before this? I'm trying to think. What is... I don't know. Would it, would this, it would have been released the same year right before this? Would it have been... Uh, it's already out there. What, is, is this from already out? Yep. Uh, would, oh, okay. So... Would it have been Black Widow? Yes, it would have been your my favorite Black Widow. It would have been Black Widow. So imagine yeah. we would have had Black Widow immediately followed by Eternals. Which would... Uh, really... Yeah, <laughs> so it makes which wouldn't even make sense within the timeline because again, you're talking about a Eternals, which would have been five years after Thanos, and then the next movie would have been Black Widow going back five years, five six years, not even five or six years, not even five years. You're talking about back before after the events of Captain America: Civil War. Because she's on the run, and then at the end of that film, hops five years ahead of that. So that would have yeah. messed up the timeline. Okay, I don't want to think about it. No, don't think about <laughs> it. I'm too tired to think about but it. Where I was going with it is Black Widow. You and I almost unanimously agree is on the lowest end of the MCU films. Yeah. And then you have had Eternals. Yeah, that's which a majority weird of the people think is on the lower end. Um, and I just I just look quickly. Um IMDB rating for Black Widow is six point seven. Barely any better than Eternals at six point five. Oh uh, well you know what maybe 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 the maybe the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because of <laughs> that where think about it if you were to have two back to back mediocre MCU films, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you want that uh, I don't know I don't think you want that back to back on D on Marvel's conscience. I think we would I think we would have been having a completely different conversation. Does oh does Kevin Feige still got it? Did they have two mediocre movies back to back? Oh no. Well, you know they, what I'm they're, slipping. So, they're slipping. Um, yeah, so and which is funny because I gave Black Widow a five. Yeah. Um I don't remember what you gave Black Widow. I think you gave it a five as well. I think I gave it lower than that, maybe a four. Maybe a four. Um, which to the point, and I was talking to my daughter about this Eternals. I can go back and watch again. It's going to be a while till I go back and watch Black Widow again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Eternals. I can pull, I, there's parts and bits and pieces that I wanted to see again. I can enjoy again. There's characters I can latch on that to enjoy Black Widow. There's one character and I just go, I'll go and watch her in Hawkeye. Uh -huh. <laughs> gotcha. Eating mac and cheese. So, all right. That being said, thank you so much for uh, coming back on, Isaac, and finally getting able to discuss Eternals that we've been yeah. only waiting for. Eventually, it took a it took a little eternal time to get here, but we eventually finally did it. Nice. Yeah, and that that's uh, that's all my fault. That's that's on me. Um, but yeah, now it is done. Um, now it is done. And uh, we have a lot of things to look forward to, and we'll be discussing more in the, 
the upcoming future, in the very near future. So thank you again. He's talking soon. Thank you, Isaac, again for joining us in a wonderful discussion and review of the Eternals. Have you seen Marvel's Eternals? If so, let us know what you think. Join the conversation on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Find us also on Instagram at Disney Marvel's podcast. TikTok, we're at Disney Marvel's podcast and on Twitter at Disney Marvel's. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're always posting the audio tracks to the podcast so you can check them out over there. And also, you will never know what else I'll be posting up there as well. You can leave a voice message through the Anchor app and or Anchor.fm website. Record it on your, electronically on your smart device or computer and email it to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You could also send any questions that you may have, any thoughts or suggestions also to that email address as well. Don't forget to check out the latest Disney Marvels blog at DisneyMarvels.blogspot.com. Links to all these are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. You know how crazy and how little time we all have these days and the fact that we get to spend this time together truly means a lot to me. Please, if you like the show, let people know. Share it out on social networks. Share it out on whatever social networking digital way that you you listen or you can tell people in person that's still an acceptable way to share things and communicate with people tell them in person about the disney marvel podcast best way also to do it leave us a rating on either on any of your podcasting applications that you use uh, particularly apple podcast we have all five-star ratings on there so far. Truly blessed. I, I still am, am dumbfounded by uh, the fact that that's what you guys think of the show. I, I do try to to bring you <laughs> the best show that I can I can work on here. Um, and it doesn't go unnoticed. We um, all of us over here at the Disney Marvels podcast then um, really truly appreciate it. Please keep it coming. It just helps us keep producing these shows week after week, uh, year after year. Just keep the show growing, because Walt believed in a big Disney family, and so do I. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when a new episode is posted. And while you're at it, consider becoming a premium subscriber to really help the show out. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support, or find our Patreon page, where you can also get some cool stuff over there speaking of cool stuff we have the disney marvels podcast shop you got plenty you got really cool some t-shirts hoodies mugs all bunch of different things over there that you can get and also help support the show either gifts for other people gifts for yourself something just cozy to wear it's high quality stuff and uh i got several pieces myself couldn't recommend it more holds up well so check those out links again to all these are in the show notes 
whatever you're facing out there, whatever troubles may be weighing you down, and it may be difficult to see the light that's inside of you, but believe me, it is there. Don't give up. Dig deep. Find it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. There's people out there who want to help you, who care a lot about you. They may have never met you before. They may seem like strangers, but sometimes they may be the right people to help lift you up and show you the true beauty that you are. Now I'd like to end this week's quote, this week's show, my goodness, with a quote from Walt Disney himself. My little brother Roy was already in Los Angeles as a patient in the Veterans Hospital. When he got out, we had more in common than brotherly love. We were both unemployed and neither could get a job. We solved that problem by going into business for ourselves. We established the first animated cartoon studio in Hollywood. Again, that's Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.